Hey, before we start this episode, I wanted to tell you about our latest limited seasonal release coffee cafe du paul this is a mardi gras inspired coffee in collaboration with mr paul's supper club in edina this is a coffee blended with chicory and let me tell you what i had my preconceived notions about chicory and chicory coffee and when we ventured into this lane I have become pleasantly surprised. So to get one for yourself, this chicory coffee, Cafe du Paul, go to follycoffee.com to order a bag of yours now. Now on to the episode. Goodbye. Hey, this is Rob. This is episode 118 of the Folly Coffee Podcast. Let's get it brewing. Alright, we are here back once again with Chef Yave. And this episode's gonna be a little different, at least to start, because the past episodes we have been doing DTF, whereas if you are a regular listener, you know that it stands for the one and only define the food in which we take different foods and try to define exactly what is it. There was an episode about sandwiches. There was an episode about burritos. We do have a topic in mind today having to do with potatoes and avocados. Hummus, too. Uh, hummus, too, sure. Yeah. Uh, and that could come into play later in the episode. But I realized as we were going back and forth, uh, and with his recent James Beard nomination for not only Best Chef Midwest, but also Best Restaurant Midwest, that it's been a long That's time. That's new, new. That's new, new. That's yeah, best new. Best new restaurant Midwest. Yeah. Okay, we best, have to be very clear. That, yes, yeah. best new restaurant Midwest, but best chef Midwest. Mm-hmm. Uh, that since the first episode that you came on, which was probably about two years ago, mm-hmm. there's been a few things that have been going on, and the reason this thought came to mind is because some articles that have come out about Union Mung Kitchen being best new restaurant. There seems to be this general theme of people like. Is it like, is it a restaurant? Like, what is Union Mung mm-hmm. Kitchen? And that really got me reflecting on like, it's crazy what Union Mung Kitchen has been since you very first started doing it. On the last episode, we were talking about that that you had the kind of some the permanent trailer at uh, at uh, Sociable. Sociable Cider Works, and that was kind of going up until it got shut down. Was that pretty much the pandemic kind of shut that down? Yeah, uh, pandemic shut it down, but then we were in that weird position too, where when the pan, I mean, the pandemic was going on, it was like September of 20, no, wait, 2021, September, I think, right? Yeah. The pandemic? No, no, no. I'm trying to remember the timeline. <laughs> it was it was 2020. Yes, that's when it happened. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, and then- Everything like, got shut down March that was of like 2020. March, yeah, March of 2020. Mm-hmm. We go through the summer- and then we were hitting fall and we're like, oh, well, everyone's like the pandemic is like starting to slow down or whatever. Right. So were you serving at sociable through yeah. the summer? Okay. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, it's starting to slow down. We're like, okay, cool. And then and at that point we were like, well, that's pretty cool. Like what's the next move? Um, we, what if we, and, and we needed to grow, you know? So it's like, okay, what would it look like if we uh, took over space, you know, had a conversation with, you know, a bar and they're like hey you can take over the kitchen and so we're like oh cool and so we transitioned to that we took over the kitchen they run the bar you know like it was it was a match made in heaven we thought and then the the the, the bar itself closed down 
without really much information for to us. And like closed down, closed down. Like, not like, it, hey, we're going to shut down temporarily. No, it closed down. And then literally the next week, uh, the, the second shutdown happened, remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we're like, oh, crap. So we squatted there for about three weeks. And then we found another spot, uh, like a small kind of a small commie kitchen, com- commissary kitchen type thing where we just did takeout from because you know, everything was shut down. So we just did takeout, just did takeout, just did takeout. And that was over in St. Paul. Yeah. And yep. so you're doing all takeout meals out of that location yep. up until yep. now Gray's. Yeah. Yeah. And then now uh, probably about four months ago or four, four and a half months ago, uh, Greg, uh, the guy who uh, he's the... Um, uh, he, he, he's the, you know, he owns the company that owns Gray's and just came up and said, Hey, we're having a transition from, you know, an operator in there. And, uh, would you, you know, would you like to be a part of it? But the thing, the thing with Gray's is like when Gray's first, when Greg and his team first came into the, cause you know, Greg, he's from Columbus, Ohio. So he's got a, you know, he's got this, he's got this group and he's, when they first came in, we were, he said, you're the first person we were told to talk to. This is like four years ago. Hmm. And so we had a meeting at the, so this is where you felt, I felt pretty baller Four, it was almost four or five years ago. This is where I felt kind of baller where he's like, Oh, that's me at the healing hotel. Cause that's where I'm staying. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, I've, okay. I've never really been had meetings there. And I walked there and then Dave, who's, you know, my business partner now, he's also a lawyer. He goes, don't worry. Like when we walk in, tell him that I'm your lawyer and let me do the talking. I'm like, Oh, sure. Whatever, man. He had a, he had his, you know, he had his tie on and everything, you know? And so, yeah. So we walked in and we sat there and, and it was one of those, you know, the couches, you know what I'm talking about yeah, yeah. At, at the hewing. And you He's, did, you did lots of the thing where anything that uh, Greg said, you would lean over and whisper yeah. or he would whisper he whispers in, to me and into I'm like, your ear yeah. and then you go. Yeah. And, and then I would whisper back into his ear and he goes, Oh, Mr. Vang would say, thank you for the cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and for those listening who might not know, Gray's is kind of a shared space in uh, no, North Loop yep, uh, would yep. be so the it's a block away. It's like right behind. It's on the same block as Modest. Yeah, you know, for Modest uh, Brewing. Yep, uh, and then it's a bl- literally a block away from Twins Twin Stadium. So if you go outside, right where Gray's is, you look, you see the Twin, Twin Stadium. Yeah, and so it, it came in. They they started out as this, you know, hey, we're gonna have. I think there's six operators in there, six food operator. Uh, there's the bar, and then there's the coffee shop. You know, so upstairs bar, downstairs bar, yep. food operators. Mm-hmm. So yep. that, but that can kind of, uh, so up to this point, Union One Kitchen has been at the trailer, mm-hmm. uh, the permanent trailer outside of Sociable Cider Works. Mm-hmm. It has been in a kitchen at mm-hmm. a bar mm-hmm. uh, in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. It has been uh, takeaway only kind mm-hmm. of carry out pandemic yep. style kitchen yep. for a number of months yep. in St. Paul. Mm-hmm. And then was it just November, December? Uh, October. October. We, 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 we literally, we were speaking in September, uh, end of August, September, we're having that conversation. And then by October we were integrated in. So October, then you launched your first real kind of brick, brick and mortar, but even now it is this shared space. So it's like a very non-traditional path that Union Mom Kitchen has faced along the entire way. Uh, and then I want to hear all about kind of like the James Beard journey. Cause for those of you listening, I'm sure if you're listening to a coffee podcast, you're probably a foodie type person. The James Beard awards are probably something you're fully aware of, but what they are is basically a nationwide competition, everything food, uh, 
and restaurants. And so it's awards that are, are both at a national and kind of regional level. Yep. And if you are nominated for one of these, it means that you're basically like the best in your region or the best on a national level. And if, mm-hmm. and if you're nominated for it, something, it's not only a huge honor, but it can also be a huge reputation builder, a huge mm-hmm. business builder. And it's kind of, mm-hmm. I think probably the top award within the restaurant industry. I can't think of anything else that you might consider yeah, above that. I mean, yeah, I mean, then you have like the Michelin, which is a worldwide yeah. thing. Uh, and then you have uh, the San Pellegrino has the 50 best in the world. Mm. Again, that's a, that's a kind of a different category. We don't really, you know, like we're not really worried that San Pellegrino, they're not doing a San Pellegrino 50 best in the world. Um, I, this, this is what I said. I, I look at it less of a competition and, and, and more of um, less of a competition more of a uh, recognition, yeah. you know, where, where people are coming. So for, for the last two years, the for the last two years, they haven't had any James Beard, you know, because of the pandemic. I think that uh, the Beard itself has been going through this revamp, you know, with the, some of the voters, with the board, with like, how do we want to, you know, how do we want to set ourselves up? Uh, so so there, there's just been a lot of controversial talk behind it too, you know, kind of like saying, well, it's just, you know, run by a board of all old white dudes, you know, who are super rich. You know, so a lot of the restaurants that are going to make it are going to be like friends of a friend, you know, kind of deal. So there's been, you know, that kind of accusation. I guess I don't know what you want to call it, but, yeah. you know, and then, you know, it's it's kind of the same thing that deals with the Oscars, right? So, you know, if anybody knows, you know, how all the Oscar buzz and all that stuff, it's kind of like that, but in our food world, you know? Yeah. So the James Beer is broken into two categories. You have the food, like the restaurant world, and then you have the media and arts, you know, the media world too of the James Beard. So, you know, you're talking about writing, you're talking about, you know, but all food. TV. Yeah, writing. I'm sorry, it's all about food. Yeah, like food writers and, 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 and you know, like uh, TVs and movies and docs and all that stuff. So there's two sides to that. So you sometimes you'll hear, oh, he's a, you know, James Beard Award winner for his book or whatever, or then James Beard, you know, winner for his vit movie or his documentary and stuff like that. So there's two sides of that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think everybody who gets into this business kind of knows about it um we there are certain restaurants out there that you know when they're built out they're built out to win the award yeah you know what i'm saying uh it's just like any movie right you you know like when you watch a movie you're like oh this is like they released it right around that oscar season or whatever you want to say it's got tom hanks he has an accent we know why they're making this movie (laughs) absolutely yeah 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 like this is you know this ain't vin diesel fast and furious 35 or something you know because at the end i don't have friends well and the fact that those aren't even considered for the oscars shows that the oscars are not for the people it's It's in a different category entirely yeah a bunch of bougie people yeah but so so kind of like that. So there, there's some restaurants out there that's like, hey, you know, we're, there's some chefs out there that, you know, that's an aspiration, you know. Um, it's never been really a thought or a consideration like that it was something where it's like, oh, yeah, like we're going to build everything. Or we're going to build around that, you know, to, to, to hopefully get that one day. 
Um, that was never a thought, never a consideration. Yeah. Well, it's so. my take on the James Beard Awards is just what I've read over probably the past four or five years because yeah. it is a list I look at. Anytime I'm traveling, Absolutely. I go, are there any James Beard Award yep. winners? Same with like Good Food Awards yep. in the CPG side. Mm-hmm. It's like yep. anywhere I travel, I look at Good Food Awards. I yep. look at James Beard. Where should I eat? Where should I drink? What mm-hmm. coffee should I try? What products should I try on the Good Food Awards? Yep. It's just like a really great resource that tends to be generally right. And reading about the James Beard Awards and kind of how they've changed over the years is it kind of had that stigma in the past mm-hmm. of what you were saying, that the people at the mm-hmm. top were all kind of these rich old white dudes and that the restaurants that were considered, the restaurants that mm-hmm. were awarded were mm-hmm. all the white tablecloth. And I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, literally the color yeah, of yeah, the yeah. tablecloth, not the, yeah. the white guys, but uh, the the white tablecloth, fancy restaurants, mm-hmm. creme de la creme. Like there's an elitist. Yeah. That, that you're yeah, spending money. at least a hundred, two hundred dollars yep. on yep. just one person to be able to go eat yep. at these restaurants. And then there was this big cultural pushback on that, that mm. this list is now just catering to who can create the most expensive yep. restaurant and who can, but that is kind of an unsustainable business model to mm-hmm. just continue to try to build restaurants where you could be able to charge that amount of money mm-hmm. because in smaller markets, and I yep. hate to say it, but people in the Twin Cities were a small market relative mm-hmm. to it. All of a sudden you find that all the James Beard Awards are gonna be limited to pretty much like LA, mm-hmm. Chicago, and New York City yeah. because it has a big enough population on the high end to be able to sustain this. So there's yep. this big cultural pushback that's like you're award you're uh, awarding these people and it's only focused in these areas because it's hard for people to be able to create these super high end restaurants, especially in smaller markets. Uh, and so the big pushback was like this needs to be an award that ca- uh, kind of considers what everybody eats, not just what the social mm-hmm. elite are eating. And Obviously, like race became a big part of that conversation yeah. too. Race, ethnicity, gender, yeah. And you see it in different types of cuisine too, and yourself included with Hmong food and Asian food, that there mm-hmm. are certain stereotypes of certain types of mm-hmm. food that like this can't be high end or this mm-hmm. isn't the type of food that you can go into if yeah. you're trying to win awards. And so that was kind of the big shift I remember is uh, that it, it shifted way away from the high end restaurants and started to really focus on everybody else. And I think what you're seeing now is kind of a confusing, a clashing of the two that like only very recently, they didn't do it for the past two years. Mm -hmm. It was probably only a few years before that, that the first time that people were like, stop just only awarding the high end restaurants, Mm -hmm. start reconsidering what you consider to be restaurants. And that's where you're seeing that something like someone like Union Monk Kitchen uh, mm. can be awarded in this category, and mm. <laughs> like you're seeing it, that's like, is Union Monk Kitchen like what is it? Yeah, like so, is it a restaurant? Yeah. Is it something like this? Yeah. And I think that's where it's creating some yeah. of the confusion. So how do you define a restaurant? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. No, like how do you define? A, like, I know. How, you know how how do you define a restaurant? Well, and that's the tough thing. Is like. Traditionally, if, I, if somebody would be like, what is a restaurant? Yeah. I'd be like, it's a place that serves food and you sit down mm-hmm. to eat and mm-hmm. you have food there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I think that would be my definition okay. of a restaurant. So is that the same definition of restaurant if you are in, let's just say, let's say you're in Atlanta and it's a quote unquote shack and you get your food and you sit down in these benches in the back eating um, some kind of like fried chicken or some kind of, you know, delicious whatever, you know, barbecue or whatever, and you're sitting there, sun's beating on you, you have a little, you know, you know, a little picnic table you're eating at, you unwrap everything, you sit there. Is that considered a restaurant? Well, see, this is where it gets tough is... Yeah, but is that considered a restaurant? I don't know. And let's dig into this a little bit here because let's start 
because that's like that seems like it's right on the line where I go. Mm-hmm. There's some elements to that that I think are very much a restaurant, mm-hmm. and there are elements where I go kind of not though. Okay, let's go on the extreme here yep. and go. Is a food truck a restaurant? Because I think that's kind of the far extreme here. Mm-hmm. Or even if you wanted to go farther than that, go. Is someone making food at a farmer's market? So if mm-hmm. I go to a farmer's market yep. and there's a stand and they're making breakfast sandwiches, mm-hmm. I get a breakfast sandwich from the farmer's market stand. Mm-hmm. I eat it at the farmer's market just at mm-hmm. their seating. It, would you consider that a restaurant? Mm-hmm. I would probably say no. Okay. I would say it's a food stand. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the type of place that... Probably if that popped up as best restaurant, mm-hmm. I'd be like, that's a weird mm-hmm. award for that place to win. Now, if it was best food. So so let's let's throw in this. For it to be a restaurant, does it have to be open on certain days? Like, is there a certain minimal amount of days? No. I think it could be open one day a year. Like, you could, in theory, create mm-hmm. the greatest restaurant to ever exist. And if you could somehow charge enough to be open one day a year. And then yeah, like, you, you know, you, you and I are both business guys. So, practically, that doesn't make sense. No, it right? doesn't yeah. make any sense. But, like, yeah. in theory, if you yeah. were, like, the, a world-renowned chef and, like, you every billionaire in the world is like, mm-hmm. I'll pay you $10 million to okay. eat your restaurant one what, day a year. What makes a food truck not a restaurant? Um, I would say the element of not being able to eat there. Uh, I think the fact consistently. Okay, I, so let's look at it this way. DTF this, right? Yeah, you go. Let's look at a brick and DTR. <laughs> d- define the, the rest. Of d- define the food concept. Yeah. Uh, DTFC. So if you look at a restaurant, I think part of it to me would be that it has to be a brick and mortar. Like you are able to order and eat the food indoors. Does it have to be indoors? I know, right? When I said it, I go not yeah. necessarily because you could have like an out. You could, in theory, have like an outdoor like patio establishment of some sort. Mm-hmm. But the food truck, to me, doesn't seem so much a restaurant because you are basically like given the food, and then it's up to you for the rest of the experience. So there's something about the well, restaurant. Okay. McDonald's. You're given the food. And then you're, b- and you're still... Well, so the drive-thru is like an element of a restaurant. Okay, okay. So if so if it was a drive-thru only restaurant, you're yeah. essentially talking like a permanent food So drive. this whole conversation comes from there are some people that doesn't that does not believe that UHK is a restaurant or should be yes. voted as best new restaurant. And I think like, that's where that's, some this of is the, where this whole yeah. conversation comes from from a few people that have made distinctions on that, right? Yeah. So it's so for one for for me, like I feel like Mama Bear right now, you know, for a couple reasons. One, um, our our staff works their ass off to make sure that they can put out a great to put out some great food. Yeah. So for me to go back to them and goes, hey guys, guess what? Like I don't think we should have we earned any of this, and I don't think that this is you know, you know this is like like it was a it was a air of definition. Yeah. Like I'm I'm they these guys work just as hard as the people in a quote unquote traditional restaurant, yeah. right? So you have that word traditional, right? Yeah. Traditional, right? Uh, the, the next thing too is, um, I think that we have to start defining some of these things, right? Some of these elements of like what makes a restaurant a restaurant, mm-hmm. right? And then third for 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 me is, it I I think that it comes to this like, oh, I'm just gonna say it, but like with some food writers and people who make the judgment on these places, I I, I firmly believe that some of them feel like. I want to come into a place, sit down, be served, be recognized. When people walk by and they're like, oh, that's so-and-so, that's so-and-so. And then they feel good about themselves. Then they go, wow, I was served great. Were you served like really good because 
people knew who you were or is that how the place is always uh, that's how the service is all well, the so time let, you know, let me ask sense? let me ask you this question when mm -hmm. if you're looking at an award like mm -hmm. best new restaurant mm -hmm. are you only talking about the food so if i go to mm -hmm. a place and i go that was the most incredible food i've ever had mm -hmm. but everything else about that experience sucked mm -hmm. i walked up it took me an hour to get the food because of how their system was set up. Mm -hmm. There was nowhere to sit, or I just had to sit on it. Let, let's take the other scenario. Yeah. I had to like sit on a curb to mm -hmm. eat. Yeah. The entire it was it was hot. Mm -hmm. there, there, there was no service. I had to like go back and ask for condiments. Mm -hmm. The whole experience outside of the food mm -hmm. itself was awful. Mm -hmm. Are those elements something to consider when choosing best new restaurant? Because mm -hmm. I think part of a restaurant experience mm -hmm. is the atmosphere yep. the service the mm -hmm. attention to detail mm -hmm. even just the the uh, the ambiance the atmosphere mm -hmm. how how are are the foods plated how mm -hmm. is the table uh, mm -hmm. designed how every single design element that goes into a restaurant mm -hmm. to kind of encapsulate this experience yeah. i think that's where this confusion starts to mm -hmm. come in is with an award like that when you're being awarded for best new restaurant mm -hmm. Are those, is it just purely come down to the food that you eat while you're there, or is it the whole experience? Because I think that could be part of kind of this confusion, or like mm -hmm. the some of the, the uh, I don't even know if confusion is the right word, but with Union Mung Kitchen, because it's mm -hmm. been so many different yeah. things in the past yeah. two years that I think, especially a more traditional food critic, is mm -hmm. used to at least. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying this is how it should be. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just throwing the question. You sit out down. Here. You got your wine list. You got your cocktail program. You, you have your servers come in, talk to you. You know, they, like, yeah. They're yeah. Uh, they're critiquing a restaurant from the second they walk mm -hmm. up to the second they leave. Yeah. Not just waiting for the food to come, uh, unless they're literally just judging the food. But in this case, mm -hmm. the, the the award isn't best new food. Mm -hmm. Uh, Midwest, it's mm -hmm. best new restaurant. Mm -hmm. So it is a really good question of mm -hmm. like, what is a restaurant? Yeah. Could a food truck win best new mm -hmm. restaurant? Could, uh, you know, a trailer uh, mm -hmm. win best new restaurant? Mm -hmm. uh, and this is obviously very pertinent to mm -hmm. our conversation because like yeah. Union Monk has been all of these things. You, yeah. you won best new mini, uh, restaurant Minneapolis while you were in that trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I, one of the things when I think of food trucks and, and if you want to even say like, um, cause we've been, you know, you know, like we, we've been, uh, we've been in a, we, we operated out of, so you want to go technicality. We operated out of a food trailer that didn't move. Yeah. You know? So, um, just from a logistical standpoint and from a finance standpoint, you know, that we didn't own that yeah. trailer. So I think a lot of people thought it was ours and cause we would get calls like, Hey, can you bring here? Bring I'm like, dude, this thing doesn't move, yeah. man. Like I'm, we're not pulling it anywhere. So logistically, it's also this idea too, like, so, so like, um, permanence, you know, like, so for example, we got a, uh, we got this grant during COVID. We got this grant for, for restaurant relief and we had to go, um, um, like rebut or not rebuttal. Uh, we had to go, uh, so, so the grant, we were denied the grant, you know, because, because we we're technically working out of a trailer. Yeah. Uh, and they had a rule where it has to be a place that doesn't move and it has to be like, you know, <laughs> and so, so I had to go, um, I had to go and like re like argue my point with them and saying, Hey, like, yeah, we work out of a trailer, but we're like in a permanent location. This thing doesn't move. Mm -hmm. And they were able to like, kind of go around some technicalities and be like, okay, we see what you're saying. Like, cause everyone calls it a trailer, but it really, it's a, it's a detached kitchen. Yeah. You know? So 
I think that 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 has a a place to do with it. I I see. I don't quote unquote consider UHK to be a a, a restaurant. That's a Union Mung Kitchen for those listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in UH, case. yeah, yeah. UHK. I, yeah. I don't consider it a quote unquote restaurant yet until probably when we landed at Grace. Yeah. Um, in the way that I define a restaurant, you know, so it's it has to be in a permanent location. You know, it doesn't move. It's not on wheels, you know. Um, so that would take out immediately your yep. your farmer's market. <coughs> oh, whoa. Your farmer's market mm-hmm. stands. Yep. Uh, your and food I could trucks, be wrong in this. And, and, and I, I could be arguing them wrong. Here, here's the thing. If, if people listen to this and goes, F you, dude. Like, you know, this stuff, blah, blah, I blah. have a trailer. I'm a yeah. restaurant, too. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, man, like, I, we were there. Well, and then here's the thing, too, is like, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter. Okay. Because here's the thing about awards is... You, it's it's such a catch twenty two because you mm-hmm. go they I, at the end of the day and I say this about a lot of things is everything's made up mm-hmm. awards more so than anything yeah. it's somebody at some point in time mm-hmm. decided I'm gonna start uh, critiquing and then I just get to decide who decides who mm-hmm. the best restaurants are and so at the end of the day it's not like if you're a food trailer or a whatever and mm-hmm. you're making food yeah. uh, that you might be frustrating you can't yeah. be considered for this award and that it and it obviously can be greatly uh, beneficial mm-hmm. to your business but that it is an interesting thing that you go when you mentioned earlier that and I've heard it multiple times before yeah. usually it's not the person building the restaurant but it's mm-hmm. everyone around them going they're building this to get the James Beard yeah they're doing this specifically for mm-hmm. the reason the way they're designing it the money mm-hmm. they're putting into it they're going for their James Beard award mm-hmm. it's like a career you know defining moment for a lot of people yeah but then and this might be a woke take here, but mm-hmm. you go, but then having just a shit ton of finances yep. puts you in a much better position Absolutely. to be able to win these awards. Oh, heck yeah. Because heck yeah. here's the thing is like the financial barrier to be able to mm-hmm. build out a gorgeous restaurant, mm-hmm. to be able to lease it on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. First of all, you have to get approved for a loan to be able to do that in yeah. the first place. And unless, yeah, you know all this process. Yeah. Unless you have a huge freaking bank account, yep. which... Most people in food do mm-hmm. not, unless you have a ton of personal assets that, yeah. uh, assets that you can. This is actually the episode that went up uh, with Brian Ingram. Yeah, 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 we got yeah. into a bunch of stuff talking yeah. about, about leasing and how yeah. it, it has changed a bit, but yeah. especially traditionally that like, you have to have a ton of money to be able to yeah. open a nice restaurant. Or you have to have someone with you who has a ton of money exactly. that's going to own up to that note. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and so when you're looking at somebody doing kind of like innovative food mm-hmm. or non-traditional food or like mm-hmm. yourself, it's your first restaurant that you're mm-hmm. opening. It's not super easy to get the funding that you need yeah. to be able to build out an entire restaurant. Yeah. And a lot of the times these leases, like in the previous episode, yeah. you're the one that's paying for the build yep. out. Even though it's their building and you're yeah. improving it, you're paying for those. Yep. So in by that argument, you could say, Maybe the whole experience shouldn't be weighted as heavily as just the food itself mm-hmm. because you're going to take out everybody that doesn't have mm-hmm. access to a shit ton of money yeah. to be able to invest and yeah. risk. It. It's, yeah. And it's not even really investing in a building because yeah. it's not yours. That that would be my biggest argument to yeah. be like a, a restaurant like Union Money. You go, is it a restaurant? Yeah. And should this be considered? Should these types of yeah. hybrid buildings or whatever it may yeah. be be considered? You go... You're taking out anybody without access yeah. to an incredible amount of money to be able yeah, to so be with UH, Yeah, so with UHK at Gray's, by being, uh, for us installing ourselves in there, I know a number now, what it costs. 
which is like really good. So like if there's somebody else who comes after us and says, hey, we're, we're, you know, we have this opportunity, uh, kind of like a graze kind of concept, a food hall kind of concept, like how much should we budget? I'm like, I have a number. Like we have the pro forma for that. You know, and that's what I really would love to do is see younger people, younger chefs who are coming up that are saying, hey, like, I want to do this. Start this small. I know I know the number that you need to pull in. The loan is not going to be half a million. The, I can give you the n- number of the loan, like what the number you need to, you know, to, you know, activate this spot, you know, j- just doing the stuff on the outside and, 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 you know, marketing, blah, 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 like there's a number for it. And now we know the number, you know, and doing it on a shoestring budget, but it's, it's not a big number, but it's still, Hey, here's your starting point. Cause half the time you don't know Like we made up when we got in there, we're like, we kind of just like, okay, is this a good budget for this? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Let's just go with it. You know, but, but, but the thing is I, I see things like food stall. I, or sorry. I, I see things like a, like a food truck or, um, or like a, like a little, like, um, you know, Somebody, farmer's market pop up or, or somebody, or wor- somebody working out of the commissary. Yep. I see that as the next step to a restaurant. Yeah. You know, like, like, trust me, I, I don't know the percentage, but if you talk to all those operators, they're not going to be like, I want every Saturday morning to come to Mill City's um, farmer's market every Saturday morning for only four months or whatever. And I want to wake up at, you know, five in the morning, get all my stuff out here, set up my, you know, and da, 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 clean this up and barely make any money to break even. This is going to be so awesome. Like, no, you do that. You hustle that. Same thing with pop-up restaurants. That's where we were too. We hopped from place to place. It is the most horrible, horrible uh, financial model ever, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so to, to, to alleviate that, it was, you know, working on the commissary, doing catering, you know, doing special events, doing these large group catering, and that money kind of sustained our pop-ups, you know? And, and so, like, so, yeah, we had this un, very untraditional path but again, like it's the, how do you define a restaurant, right? So I, I fight for this because I, I believe that UHK, where we are at Gray's, is a restaurant, you know? And, and we have to fit into how Gray's sets up their system, you know? So we have somebody in the front, you know, we have, you know, it's a counter service, right? We have somebody up there. They talk to them. They talk about the menu to them, you know? So the first thing we always ask when people step up and goes, hey, have you joined us before? Have you dined with us before? No, we haven't. The next thing most people ask is like, well, what should I get? And then we go, oh, let me tell you about the Zhongxia meal or the Happy Meal. You know, like if this is your first time join us, uh, joining us, uh, check out the Happy Meal. You know, because, you know, we have these different, you know, you kind of kind of build your own meal there. Oh, awesome. Well, tell us about this noodle. Boom. Our staff can walk you through the noodle. The same way that a server would do it. But we're just limited to how we're, we're doing it, you know. And then the other the other element, too, is like. Because of COVID and because of the things that, you know, that's happened COVID, people want the, the, the diet. I believe that the dining experience have changed now. So we do a bunch of in, in-home experiences or whatever you want to call them. So it's taking the V&I feast and bringing it to people's homes. Well, we bring it in, we set it up like a server would. We have cooks who cook it. We bring it in, we set it up, we lay out the table, we put all the food down and we, uh, and then we talk through the food with people like a server would. You know, we have a very limited time in there because of, you know, because of COVID and all that stuff. So in less than sometimes in less than 20, 25 minutes, we're, we're out of there, you know, but we have everything packaged. If you would, it, you know, it's, it's yeah. a to go 
dinner, but we're coming to your house and setting it up in your house. And then you go, oh, so, so if somebody was doing only that, so mm -hmm. if they had a, a, a food business set mm -hmm. up where it's all in-home dining, mm -hmm. but they basically create mm -hmm. a restaurant yep. experience at your mm -hmm. home that is unique and innovative mm -hmm. and flavorful, is that somebody that if they were doing just that, could they be considered best new restaurant? You're like, well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like more of a catering service. And then you go, is catering, is that a restaurant? Is that no, a kitchen? I, is we, that so I don't think that just because you we did we do that, you know, the VNI feast yeah. experience, like just because we do that mean, makes us a restaurant. I don't think so. I, I don't, think, I don't I, either, but the reason I think I that, bring that, that it up, that's an arm of what we do. Right, but the reason I bring that up is yeah. for an award and I kind of want to circle it back in mm -hmm. on like the award conversation because it applies to us in the coffee world yep. as well. Uh, that you go, should that mm -hmm. that you're doing? That's a super innovative mm -hmm. way to not only like stay in business during yeah. crazy time, but also have a super unique offering that's probably unlike any other catering service in the area. You go, should that add? to the potential argument to have Union One Kitchen be best new restaurant in the Midwest? I, I'd say yes. I, I would say yes, because it's it's what, well, I mean, if we we're just thinking about best new restaurant, especially in the era of quote unquote COVID, whatever, you know, like this is our way of pivoting. This is our way of changing things, you know? So it's, you're, it's, it's, it's two sides of the same coin because mm -hmm. on one side, and this does seem to be out there in a couple different articles that have come out is you go like, mm -hmm. so Union One Kitchen is nominated for Best New Restaurant Midwest. Mm -hmm. Is it a restaurant? Uh, the, so they have the space in Gray's. They're doing catering. They used to exclusively do takeaway. They used to be in a semi-permanent trailer. Mm -hmm. Should they be considered for Best New Restaurant if they've been all these things in the past year, year and a half alone? Or you could flip that other side of that same coin and say, like, this could and maybe it should strengthen the argument that this is the best new restaurant. Because mm -hmm. look at all the different capabilities that this one establishment has. They're now operating out of Gray's. They're doing this awesome VNI feast catering service. They're doing all these different things that any one restaurant might not do. Mm -hmm. And so is it evaluating the one experience you have where you walk into a door yeah. and then you're evaluating that? Because if you're... If the award for best new restaurant is evaluating it from the second you step into a building to the second you leave, you're at a major disadvantage Yeah. because Gray's is a shared space yep. and you look at it and you go, you have no control of the experience they mm -hmm. have outside of when they're at mm -hmm. your counter and when the food mm -hmm. is ready to go mm -hmm. uh, versus any other brick and mortar yep. restaurant. They have full control mm -hmm. of the experience. And the reason I brought it up related to coffee is this is obviously very mm -hmm. relevant to Folly. Mm -hmm. People go, when are you opening a coffee yeah. shop? I go, I don't want to. Yeah. But if you looked at awards, that's a major disadvantage yeah. because I'm looking at our keyword rankings. I'm mm -hmm. looking at lists that come out. Mm -hmm. Almost all the lists are best coffee shop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very rarely is a list just best coffee roaster. Mm -hmm. uh, and not to our own home horn, but if there's a list of Twin Cities or Minnesota yeah. roasters, we at this point, we'll probably find ourselves yeah. on a shortened list of that version. Yeah. But almost all of them that come out are best coffee shop. And then I'm looking at keywords. I'm looking at like uh, words that people are looking for. They're looking for coffee shops, Minneapolis, mm -hmm. coffee shops, Twin Cities. Mm -hmm. and, and you go, well, there's a huge financial barrier to Absolutely. that too. Because uh, somebody's like, oh, just open a coffee shop. You're like, cool. Do you have half a million yep. dollars? Because unless we're going to build out. And then do you have money for operational costs? Operational you costs, have, you know, the risk. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and so so I think that what we were being able to do to, to be put in this position where we're saying, hey, like, 
we want to, and, and again, this is like, the, this is the, the whole story of us is that we never wanted to come in. I, I'm not a person who wants to come in and be like, well, I want to shake things up a little bit. That was never, that was never the idea. That was never been the intention. Like, you know, it's like, it's like when uh, some, sometimes food writer asks me, goes, well, what does it feel like to be the ambassador for Hmong food and to the nation? I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like I never came in with, the, with the flag saying, this is what we're going to do. I ha there, there was something that I really loved doing and, and I wanted, and as I figured out, as I peeled the layer back of what I really love, what I really found out that what I really love is actually, um, just expressing, um, uh, the, the, the legacy of my, of, of my parents and what vehicle I can use that with is food. That's it. And then however the critics want to say what they want or what they want to do with that, that's up to them. But at the end of the day, bro, like one thing I've learned is like, if I can go back and look at my mom and dad and I said, Hey, like we did. Okay, mom, we did. Okay, dad. And they're like, yeah, like we're really proud of you. You know? I mean, that's what my, my mom's conversation on the phone with me after, you know, the, the beard thing came out. Um, it's funny cause she didn't really understand what it is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so my sister, I, I'm pretty sure it was my sister who talked to her and like kind of, you know, explained to her what it was. Um, but we, you know, like my mom just, you know, she was just really proud of it. And, um, and it's really interesting cause, uh, you know, I was talking to my sister, we had this long conversation. I said, you know, is like one of the things that I'm the proudest of is not not the fact that, oh, we make monk food, blah, 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 blah. But the fact that when we were kids, nobody really thought that the food we ate from mom and dad's table was worth a damn, you know, because it's like, oh, it's simple food. They're, even monk people sometimes, they have the word banno, which means, um, which means like, oh, it's simple food. It's like peasant food. But to get this recognition of, uh, you know, one of the best in the nation or, or, or tastiest, you know, you know, best, some of the best foods in the nation. I said, you know, my, it's really interesting that, and, and I, I really am so proud that people think that the food that we grew up with or people know, or people believe that the food that we grow up with, you know, the mom and dad made, like it's right on par with some of the best food in the nation. And I'm like, that's what I'm proud of. That's where the people get to see who my mom and dad is. They, they get to see that and they see a glimpse of our people. And I think that the amount of support and love that we've gotten messages coming in from Hmong people all over the country saying, wow, like this is really putting, you know, this is like really giving us a voice this is getting really to talk about our food. And you can't talk about, like I said, like two years ago when we sat and talked this through, like you can't talk about food without having them to talk about our history and then our people, you know? And it's, that's where food writing and like critiquing of food and lists and awards, you really being on this side of it want to go, oh, I don't care about it. And you can generally not care about mm -hmm. it. Uh, but the importance of it also can't be understated, both positive and negative, mm -hmm. that the cultural shift away mm -hmm. from just wanting to find the fanciest restaurant mm -hmm. and now this cultural shift of we want to find the most unique foods. We want to find people uh, doing things differently. We want to find different cultural foods that maybe haven't mm -hmm. been popular in the past and find flavors that we haven't experienced before. But I think I think that these writers are looking for stories. Yeah. At the end of the day, they're writers, right? Like, 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 let's strip everything in the way. At the end of the day, what makes a great writer a, a real, like a really great writer is they're looking for a story. 
you know? And, and it's what they're chasing. They're chasing these stories. Like they have this click of this aha moment. It was like, man, I had this bowl of like rice, like noodle soup thing. Like what, what was that? And they, and they trace it back and then they understand like, oh, wow, look at this. Oh, and this trace back and it goes into a kitchen. And in that kitchen involves people who ma- made that food. And those people have hearts and they have passions and they have stories and they get and you get sucked into that story. That's my, those are my favorite food stories. The thing is with, and this is what has always attracted me to food and drink. Like since really college, when I really started getting into it with craft beer Mm -hmm. is I think it's virtually impossible to taste a new flavor and it doesn't lead back to a great story. Absolutely. So I remember vividly, vividly one of the first beers I had that just blew my mind that kind of started my obsession Mm -hmm. with craft beer that ultimately uh, led up to uh, me doing sales for Sam Adams was I would go buy like 40 cases of Keystone Light at the shop for, uh, at the local. <laughs> I wonder where that goes. I started with 40 cases and then it got weird. Every, every Friday you would go with the check from the yeah. house and you go, we yeah. need 40 cases of Keystone Light. Yeah. And it's uh, Stinson's, the, the local, uh, the only shop on campus. Mm-hmm. They had like six doors of craft beer. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be totally honest. The thing that attracted me towards this, I saw the Sam Adams double box. Yeah. And I was like, is this? Nine percent alcohol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta get a four pack of this. Yeah, uh, and they probably were like blowing it out at discount prices. Yeah, yeah. So usually those were the craft beers they had. Yeah. Luckily, a double bock ages really nicely, so it didn't matter how old it was; it was gonna be great. And so I'm used to drinking Keystone Light, which is like if it's not ice, ice, ice cold, it's absolutely atrocious. Ugh. And so I bring back this double bock, and I taste it. And I'm like, this is incredible. Yeah, and then. Here's an example of a new flavor yep. leading to a brand new story. I go, mm-hmm. why does this taste like this? And it goes all the way back to the monks. Yep. This is the style of beer monks would drink yep. while they're fasting because it's basically the equivalent of two loaves of bread yeah. in every single bottle. And the reason it was so rich, the reason it was so high alcohol, yeah. is because they had this weird loophole where they could drink beer while they were fasting. Yeah. So they had to create a style of beer that was hearty and enriching and full of like quote unquote nutrients, yeah. really just carbs to like yeah, keep yeah. it full. And I go, that's insane. And, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden beer became this whole thing. So the same way you said you mm-hmm. go into a place, you taste this new noodle dish, mm-hmm. go, I've never had anything like this. Mm-hmm. That I think that's a big part of where like food writing yeah. has shifted away from just let's find the fanciest restaurants. Yeah. Let's to build our list. Let's find the most unique flavors. Mm-hmm. And then it's like a chicken or the egg thing mm-hmm. is, are we looking for a great story by the way they make this mm-hmm. food or have we found this brand new flavor? And it almost ultimately always leads to a great story behind mm-hmm. that food. I mean, it reminds me when you, me, and Jeff went to Union Mung Village for the first time. Union Mung Village or Mung Village? <laughs> Come M- on, bro. M- Mung Village. Uh, we went to Mung Village for the first yeah. time, and I was having these flavors that I yeah. go, these are some of the funkiest, mm-hmm. unique, different mm-hmm. flavors. Some of them I go instantly, I love this. Some of them yeah. I go, this is crazy. I don't yeah. even, I can't even yeah. wrap my head yep. around. I don't yep. know if I necessarily like it, mm-hmm. but you go, these are flavors I've never had. It mm-hmm. makes you want to learn, why does this taste like this? Even something as simple as I was like, why is the rice purple? And you're like, because it's purple rice. I was like, but why is it purple? You're like, because it's purple rice. And I was, that was the first time I ever yeah. knew there was purple rice. Something as simple yeah. as that. That to you, you're like, this is just a type of rice was mind blowing yeah. to yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, but I'm curious, since you've been nominated, I'm, it's been what, like maybe five days? I don't remember, whatever. It's been less than a week. Yeah. So even, even that story, I didn't even know we were in the quote unquote running. 
So, so this is how the beard works. But, but while I get oh, this thought, because I'm just like on yeah. this like uh, thought train about like the importance of awards. So mm-hmm. I'm curious. Since that's been announced, mm-hmm. have you noticed a lift in tangible sales at Union Monks and Set? And you don't have to throw numbers on if you don't want to, but I'm curious. Have you seen a lift in sales at Gray's where Union Mung is since mm-hmm. that list has come out? Yeah, we, we have. I mean, you yeah. know, like it, it, we have. And it was, you know, for us, like the aha moment for me was, you know, was it a Thursday night? You know, it was pretty snowy yeah. Thursday night. And it, and it was like, you know, you know how this works. It was a blizzard. Yeah. When it's snowy, like ain't nobody going outside, you know? But then like, we like looked at our sales from like Thursday night and I'm like, holy, because cr- like I can look at all, it's actually, it's like a good and a bad thing. Cause I can hit, I can hit, keep hitting refresh <laughs> on your phone. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just like this weird, I keep hitting refresh. I'm like, doo, 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 doo. it goes up and you're like, yes. <laughs> um, but we, we were looking at our, I was looking at our sales number and I was like, dude, that's like not bad for Thursday night. And, and I remember I hit it again in the next 30 minutes. I'm like, oh, wow, that's like not bad for a Friday night, you know? And so it was like, wow, you know? And, and it, was, it was a snowy Thursday night. And so it was like, wow, like this is really great. And, you know, we uh, we had to adjust a little really quick over the weekend, you know? I'm like, okay, how do we, you know, how do we move, you know, a few, uh, a few people around so that we can... Uh, our team is incredible because they adjust really well. I think that from the last two years of the pandemic, we just adjust to what's happening, like real time adjust. It's not like we're going to have a meeting next week and then we're going to figure out what the next steps are. It's like, nope, we got to figure this out. You know, so some of our team, uh, some of our team, some of our cooks, chefs, they're work, they're pulling 12s, you know, and not because like, oh, you guys have to stay here and pull 12s, but they're like, no, we, we, we have to just, you know, you know, we, we have to do this. And so... Uh, so yeah, I mean, yes, definitely. There, there's that aspect of it, you know, and that that's where it gets. It's interesting with these lists. I think you, I mean, especially when I was on the mm-hmm. other side of the business, I just wasn't in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I see these lists and I go, I just assume everyone on here is absolutely killing it. They're raking mm-hmm. it in. Uh, yeah. If they made this list, yeah. they're clearly very popular. And even like great restaurants with mm-hmm. amazing food. Mm-hmm. It's there's a lot of tie-ins to the last episode that it's like having a great product mm-hmm. is literally you have to have that just mm-hmm. to be able to start something. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you don't have a great product, you're going out of business fast. Yeah. You can have great food and still a struggle Absolutely. to continue to bring yeah. in business. And so this is where the the award thing goes. Mm-hmm. Like I wonder in my mind. Uh, which is kind of a redundant statement, uh, how much of it just being on the James Beard list versus critics writing about the James Beard Awards, how that the average person outside of just someone like us that's paying attention to these Mm -hmm. things every day, how much is the actual award itself what people consider? And now I want to go try this mm-hmm. versus, oh, I read about it in a, in a review mm-hmm. of the restaurants mm-hmm. that are on this list. Yeah, I'm not sure, you know, and, and I'll be very honest, like, I don't really think about that, you know, because um, I just don't know. I, I, I really, I, I don't know. And I'm not trying to be like, you know, trying to fish for compliments or anything, but I just really don't know. And I think that for, for me, it's, you know, it's like... You, you know, like after we got the nom and everything, I, I remember I I, um, I, I text a, a few of our uh, chefs and I was like, dude, this is amazing. Like, I'm so proud of you guys, you know? And then I remember it took over a couple of days, like, like 48 hours to like gather all my thoughts. And then I, I sent out these um, big messages, you know? Um, our, our team, we just don't do much for emails. So it's just like big texts, I, I'll send them. And, and, and I sent, and sent it to, you know, our, you know, our CDC, our SUS, and then our whole team, you know, these different messages where I'm like, 
I love you guys. I care about you guys. You know, I'm so proud of you guys. Like this is this is a big accomplishment. You know, just and, and then if you understand how the James Nam the whole thing works, you know what they do is the foundation itself, James Beard Foundation, has local people and boots on the ground, like food writers on the ground of, of all these areas, and then they talk to them. They said, hey, nominate some people. Nominate some people that you think are doing some great things. So they nominate the people, and then they go into the, you know, the, the, and then the foundation itself has all these other group food writers that take all of these nominations, and then they break it down, and they look through it, you know, and then that's where you get that, you know, s- semifinalist list. So, it, you know, it kind of goes through this kind of this filter. Yeah. And so that's what I try to explain to them, where it's not like somebody's like, eh, you and you, you know, so, so there's, you know, there's a, you know, there's, there's some of that there. Some um, kind of like filtering system, I guess, if you want to call it that. And and then just be able to explain that to our team, saying, like, the people who put us on this list are, aren't, are like, our food writer friends from here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But they are, you know, national food writers, you know, national, you know, like food people, you know, in, in, the, in the industry. And so, yeah, from there on, like, you know, just to, to recognize them that, like, what you guys do here matters, you know. Uh, that it, you know, that 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 people recognize you guys, and so to me, it's 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 making sure that our team understands that, mm-hmm. and it's it's so cool. I think one of the most I call it a very adorable moment where I like, almost teared up, like almost like like a dad type, you know. Uh, you know, Kevin, one of our uh, sous chefs, he uh, screenshot the uh, you know you screenshot says best news uh, whatever, and he circled U- UHK and he screenshot that and he put it on his Instagram story. And he say, I'm um, proud to say that I can that I am working at a James Beer nominated restaurant, you know. Yeah. Like, like if you understand Kevin's story, like, you know, like it's just a dude who you know, like, just says, hey, I'll, can I get a job cooking, and then working his way up, working at different restaurants, you know, and he's like, he's more of a quieter, you know, leader, and now he's you know a sous chef who you know runs, you know, our shop. Mm-hmm. Like if you understand that story, like to me that that means a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like like yeah. that that to me was like huge for him to be so like that, that that we that we helped cr- uh, create a place where he was so proud to be a part of, you know, and 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 truly to be proud to be a part of, you know, and you know like I said that that was something where I'm like, dude, Kev, I just want you to know. Like I remember texting him like I want you to know like this is you, like this is your all your hard work. These are the the tens and the twelve hour days you pulled here, you know. And we had a cut to like a skeleton crew, you know. So, so a day where we where it was three people that was needed, it was Kevin and another person, and you, and two had to do enough work had to do the workload of three, so that our budget our um our labor cost budget would work, you know. And like that's you guys, because to be completely honest, like there are many times <laughs> in the last couple of years where I'm like, I'm gonna just shut this thing down, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I get this question a lot. <clears throat> I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I get this question a lot. It's like, why don't you just do the media stuff? Yeah. Like, why are you, why, why are you struggling with this the restaurant stuff? And, the, and the, you know, even the building out of v right now, you know, it's, it's, it's going slow through the financing, you know, issues. But why do you want to do this? Why can't you just do the TV stuff? That's pretty simple. You end up, you show up there, they film, you get your check, you leave. I was like, <clears throat> like I, 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 that stuff is great. And don't get me wrong, I love it. But that is, that's just a platform for us to use so that we can talk more 
about the restaurant, about the food, about, you know, the, you know, the legacy aspect of it, about our people. That's just a, that's just a vehicle. Yeah. You know, to, to, to me, again, I, I feel blessed that I, f- that I have that, op- part, that, that opportunity to do that. But it's always been about creating a place that we can call home. And the, the media, actually, it's funny you bring that up because, like, media opportunities or hosting or competing and all these different things are actually fairly similar to awards in a lot of ways because mm-hmm. it's kind of out of your control. Mm-hmm. It's not like you can just yeah. create your own TV yep. show. I mean, you can do YouTube. There's a lot of arguments mm-hmm. for that. But it's like still you need a ton of it's, money to do that well. And it's hard. It's, and it's, it's hard. And it's, 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 it's own full time. Saturated, yeah, it's in saturated market. Yeah. yeah. So for actual, like, network shows mm-hmm. or established platforms, mm-hmm. it's – pretty much out of your control mm-hmm. like how, how do you how do you apply for them how do you get noticed it's out of your control much like awards mm-hmm. are and then the awards and like media you go the more you focus on that the more you're placing your life in someone else's decision yep versus if you're focusing on your restaurant that's entirely within your control mm-hmm. of how good is the food how uh, the experience that what people are having is way more in your control of like <laughs> Oh, I'm just going to go be a host. Well, yeah. guess what? If you fully leaned into that and you end up on a show that gets canceled after a season, mm-hmm. you're back to square one. And guess yeah. what? Your restaurant's probably doing far off for the worse. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like this weird short-term strategy. Also, for anybody that just goes, we'll just go do that. You're like, mm-hmm. I, it's the same feeling when someone's like, oh, we'll just go get funding. Yeah. Go open, get investors. O- open in cafe. Yeah. Just yeah. Go, oh, go get a loan from the bank. Yeah. Oh, you think I should get a loan from a bank to do this yeah. major financial decision? Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. You're like, yeah. it's, it's so not easy to yeah. get a loan. Yeah. Well, what a, you probably didn't know about the SBA, the yeah. Small Business yeah. Association. You're like, you're right. Me, a small business, yeah. didn't have the thought that maybe this should be the first institution I should try to go yeah. to. And the loan offers you get, you end up, it's just like all these different things that from the outside in, it's so easy to look at things and be like, this is just how it is. This is how you do it. And you go, yeah. but you're looking at, so again, kind of ties back to the last episode uh, with Brian is, I think a lot of people look at best case scenarios and mm-hmm. go, just do that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, yeah. so someone with a financial backer, someone mm-hmm. with multiple locations, mm-hmm. someone with rev- existing revenue mm-hmm. streams, someone with the financial compensation yeah. to be able to put it back. And they go, oh, well, I'll just go, just go do a TV show. Yeah. And you're like, oh, oh it's, it always reminds yeah. me of Charlie and Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. He's like, I'll just go to the money tree or no, the, <laughs> no, no, the job tree. Yeah. And I'll just get a job off of this job yeah. tree. I always think of that when it's like, or the, the thing we've been getting a lot lately is, oh, just hire someone. Yeah. I'm like, I'll just go to the money tree <laughs> and find, you know, money for my labor budget. And you see the circular loop here of like, yeah. just go hire somebody. And then I was like, that costs money. They're like, go get a loan. You're like, I've tried. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's the awards have always been something to me, and I think in your case too, it is unique because mm-hmm. it it definitely the thing of is it a restaurant is a big part mm-hmm. of I think the confusion or mm-hmm. the potential debate about should yeah. UHK be on yeah. this list or not. But you're in an extra unique scenario where people know V Nai is coming, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's almost like, well, what happens when V Nai comes? Does yeah. like is that going to be a different thing there too? How does yeah. that get considered in the whole list of things? And I think. Yeah. Part of it, weirdly enough, is that there's excitement behind V9, and that's mm-hmm. going to be your traditional brick-and-mortar yep. restaurant where yep. you have full control of the experience. And I think, ironically, because the excitement for that experience mm-hmm. is so high mm-hmm. that it can actually hinder what somebody might think of UHK because it's like yeah. they – because, like you said, uh, you view the trailer, mm-hmm. the, the, the the takeaway kitchen mm-hmm. as stepping stones. Mm-hmm. Some people might look at UHK yeah. and be like, oh, this is just another stepping stone. Yeah. And you're like, no, this is 
Union Mon Kitchen. It's yeah. a restaurant. Yeah. You know, you know, you know, it's it's um one of the things I think about is when I think of UHK, I think about how, you know, the I think that we've always been able to adapt to whatever the situation is. And I'll be very, very honest. Like the thing started, it started with 350 bucks or 300 bucks in my checking account. That's all I had. That's all we had for the, our, our, that was our budget for our first pop-up. And I'm like, if I spend all this, like I'm down to zero, you know? And I, I remember I was like, I really just want to make this 300 back and maybe another 50 bucks for gas for next week. Well, dude, just open a restaurant. Yeah, yeah, I will. <laughs> you know? And here's the deal. You know what blew my mind? I never knew that I could get loans. I never knew that I could actually, you know, cause that's why when everyone talks, like when we talk to bankers and stuff and they talk about UHK, they're like, okay, so what's your loan on? Like, what's your debt on it? And we're like, we don't have any. And they're like, wait, what? Like, how did you guys do this without debt? I'm like, cause I was too dumb. <laughs> but the thing is, but you then know? you make this argument you go, is that dumb though? Because here's the thing is like the, the lack of experience is if you had jumped forward and mm -hmm. said, let's get a loan and open a restaurant. Yeah. Again, there's a ton of tie-ins to the last episode yeah. now, but it's like 90% of restaurants fail. Mm -hmm. So maybe if you had done that, uh, you wouldn't have had kind of the following. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't have had the group of people that knew your story, that knew about you. You wouldn't have had all these articles written about you, these awards that were awarded to you at uh, while you were at Sociable, while you were uh, at the yep. Takeaway Kitchen, while you're now at Gray's. So, yeah. So this is where, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, this no, no. is where- you saw where I was going. Yeah, yeah. It. So this is where I, I've always seen that the story of UHK is kind of like the story of our people a little bit, yeah. right? It's like you fight to get somewhere. And then when you get there, it's like, hey, you know, UHK was like, we would hop. We were like, like um, couch surf, basically. You know, that's what a pop-up basically is. And then people are like, who are you guys? Like, you know, we know you're making some noise, but who are you guys? Right? And then eventually, like being in this country and, you know, I don't know, a few, I don't know, a bunch of months ago, I got my citizenship. The question is, what does it mean to be an American? Like, what does it mean to be an American? Like, are you an American? Like, do you, you have to look a certain way? Do you have to act a certain way? Like, what does it mean to be an American, right? Like, you're an American citizen, yeah. Like, what does that mean? Like, you know, like, what should you look like a certain way now because you're an American citizen? What does it mean to be a restaurant? Like, that's, I, I see that parallel. Like, what does it mean to be a restaurant? Like, am I defined as an American because there's these people who are born in this country that says, hey, like to be an American, you have to listen to this kind of music. You got to look like this. You got to dress like this, you know? Oh, parallel that, right? What does it mean to be a restaurant? Well, you have to have this kind of wine service. You got to have to have this kind of cocktail program. You know, you have to have these kinds of servers. The table has to look like this. Like, what does it mean to be? So, so I, it, it hurts because I feel like every aspect of my life, Rob, like I always have to find a qualifier. Mm -hmm. Like that, like, like I have to, I have to go and battle for myself. And that's what sucks about this whole debate. And then I have to look at our kids, right? I, I you know, actually I call them my kids, but <laughs> I have to look at, I love to look at our chefs and be like, Hey, don't worry. Like we're legit, you know, like after this nomination, we're still being asked like, Oh, are you really still a restaurant? And imagine after, after going through the citizenship process and they go, well, are you really an American or is it a technicality and you took a test and you got in? So it sucks, man. And this is like the crap that keeps me up at night, you know? And it's just like, I'm just so damn tired of having to qualify every action we do. So that's why for me, it comes to this point where I'm like, F it. Like, that's what just, I'm saying. We're just going to keep doing what we're doing. And it, and if you don't think that this is a restaurant, then 
That's awesome. That's your, your, your prerogative. But we know who we are. We know what we've done. Like, I know who I am as an American. I know the sacrifices of my father, my grandfather, my uncles who died in this war, who fought for this country, who, who were promised things that were taken away. I know all of that. I've seen it in their eyes. I see the stories of my father. I, I, I've seen the men who have talked about having their families die. I, I lived through that to, to come to this country. I, and, 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 and it wasn't like when we came to this country, we didn't get a quote-unquote loan or anything, but we hustled. My, I watched my parents hustle. I watch them make it through, you know, and 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 we were able like they they put all their kids through school, you know, and and like we're all citizens here, we're all Americans here, all, my our whole family. Say parallel that to the restaurant, like you, like it's like when when some of these critics come, I'm like you weren't there when we had to like do this dinner and then quickly turn everything around, put everything in the truck, and the next day go to a different spot and do it again. You know, like you guys weren't there when we, it was 2 a.m. and we're at this commissary kitchen up to our, you know, you know, like up to our knees in dirty water washing dishes. Like you weren't there for all that. You weren't there that the that there was a week where we had no money in our account and we didn't know how we were going to pay our people that day. But like, like we were so blessed four days later, all these other checks came in and we were able to pay everyone out. You know, like you weren't there for that, you know. So it's like. Go ahead. You guys have some great, you know, you have a big platform to ask all these great questions. That's awesome. That's, you know, that's your thing. This is what makes America great, right? You can write whatever you want. But at the end of the freaking day, man, like, you don't know the stories of our people. Like, you know, you, you haven't been there with us through that. But you can, you can Monday, you know, you can Monday quarterback this whole thing all you want. And, I, and I'm just, that's all I'm asking for. Come in and know their stories. To see the struggle, to see the, the hardship that we've, on through so if you want to argue that hey is uhk a real restaurant or did they get this out of a technicality sure whatever but we're not we're not hanging our head on the james beard like it's again like i said I mean, we've talked about this it's a blessing it's awesome it's a blessing but I'm, we're not hanging our hat on that like we're not going to take this and be like we we maxed out we topped that's awesome no we're going to keep going this gives me actually more fire for vini you know like the, this gives me more excited for vini Oh, because you, because what you know what it did was our team took something as small as a 290 square feet location at Gray's Food Hall, and we were able to put out some really incredible food. Now imagine if we had 3,100 square feet, our own kitchen, our own uh, all the staff that you know that we want to hire in, our own cocktail program, our own wine program. Like if we, what we can do with 200 freaking 90 square feet and in a shared uh, little uh, a sink for um, for our dishes and serving out of like you know sometimes like plastic stuff, like imagine if what we can do with 3,100 square feet. <laughs> and so as I as I think through that, I, I really think is like, hey, let us let people question, let people doubt but we're going to keep doing our own thing. So this is what I was looking for. <laughs> I wish I had God bless America with flags waving in the background. I was dude. 
Seriously, so. that's that's what it's all about, though. Is that's where you go. Like, it's so easy to walk into an experience mm-hmm. or walk into something and be like, "Oh, it's it's not fitting this thing of what I'm mm-hmm. looking for." And that's where you go. Awards are such a tricky subject that it you is. go. You cannot blame someone mm-hmm. for being like, "I have to judge a place on restaurant." What is a restaurant? Every person mm-hmm. has in their own head of what that is. Mm-hmm. To some people, it's literally just the food. I don't care about anything else. It's just the food mm-hmm. at the end of the day. All the way to somebody that goes, "The food's not even important if the experience is bad. I don't yeah. care how good it is." But yeah. I don't know if there's any better way to end an episode oh. than that. That was a, a, a monologue of epic proportions, and I feel like I want to go punch a wall, but in a in a happy, excited way, not a Kyle monster energy driven kind of way. And uh, Kyle, uh, just any generic angry oh. guy on that drinking monster. <laughs> that was like, but that's what it's all about, man. Yeah. And that's what that's the exciting thing about food to me is, like you said earlier, that when you taste something, there's almost always a really amazing story behind Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And that's the complicated nature of awards and food writing is it's impossible to know them all. But like you said, the great writers dig in and that's what creates a really fantastic experience of just knowledge, being able to know something. And it's like, I'll tell you, I tie it back to the thing I was like with the beer that it's like, every time I drink that beer, I know that story. Every time I eat Union Mung Kitchen, I'm I'm not just sitting down there going I'm having this meal thinking just about what I'm eating in front of me. It's, it's every podcast episode mm-hmm, you and yeah. obviously my Union Monk Kitchen is yeah. very different uh, experience than someone mm-hmm. else because of how well I know you and the stories that you've told on this podcast and out, outside of the podcast. But uh, yeah, I said that was the best way to end the episode, and then I'm uh, I I kind of messed it up there, so I'm just gonna end it now. Say thank you for coming on uh, during what is obviously a very busy time. And I'll end it like every other episode and say have a nice day.